0: Welcome to The Dead Format, episode 101. That's a mouthful. My name is Ian McEwan, and I'm joined tonight by the lipstick-loving Thomas Smiley, and we're here to talk about the new Legacy Format.
1: Oh, man. that I took my eyes off of him. Okay, so here's what happened.
0: <laughs> Can't take my at, eyes off of him?
1: At Yeah, at home with the kid, wife goes out to pick up something from the store. I take my eyes off of him for... Two, three minutes, and he climbed up onto a box to get into my wife's purse to pull out her makeup bag to get lipstick everywhere. I'm talking about on the floor, all over his face, on his hands. He let, he got it on his feet. He left little footprints running throughout the house. So me, being an idiot, I don't Google how to take lipstick off, and I immediately throw them in the tub, and I start to scrub them, and it's not coming off. Is it
0: like oil-based or something?
1: I, uh, Yeah, you need to take it off with something oil-based. Uh. So I'm freaking out. I call my wife. She starts to freak out because I don't lead with what happened, and she thought that, that my son is hurt. <laughs> Finds out what actually happened, start laugh- starts laughing at me comes home takes it off with olive oil everything's good but for a minute there i was uh i was kind of worried not gonna wow. lie yep
0: dude i thought he was just trying out his uh, elizabeth warren halloween costume i wasn't sure what was going on
1: i'm gonna let that slide
0: <laughs> so yeah dude it was unfortunate the timing of that because you weren't able to make it to fnm this week
1: but. i really wanted to go to and then that happened and i was like gee i can't i absolutely can't did you well, see think, the pictures yeah they were, they were hilarious <laughs> <They're> brutal <laughs> so
0: this friday might be your last chance man because i've only got 20 days left in the state
1: all right i'll see what i can do this friday it's crazy
0: yeah other than that we obviously we had an amazing episode i had uh um, I was going to send you my intro to that hundredth episode because we never really uh got to got to do like an intro i guess and i i never sent it to you so I guess we'll just throw it in as an outro to this episode maybe
1: perfect yeah i think i i put a little bit in the beginning of it just for me but I didn't see your message quick enough to get to get yours in the beginning
0: yeah it's all good bro it was a long episode anyway but i hope people enjoyed it
1: yeah, I think they did. We had some pretty positive feedback. Sweet. And yeah, since we recorded
0: on Sunday, obviously we didn't get to talk about the companion changes because they hadn't been made yet. Yep. So as far as housekeeping goes, just what what did you think about that? It's kind of weird to talk about it now, right? Because we've seen results and heard other people talk about it and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it. they fixed what they needed to fix, basically making it like cost- uh a reasonable amount not not cost so little that it was basically just free so i like the changes i think it it means that we're probably going to get more companions in the future but we'll we'll see what happens
0: yeah I've, i agree with that i've gone back to drafting uh icoria now that war of the spark is no longer available yep and it actually made me appreciate Ikoria a lot more playing War of the Spark, because I think that Acoria is the better format, and I used to really like War. So, yeah, brief aside, but I, the very first pack I got past like a third pick, Gigantha, which never would have happened before, the yep. changes. And I didn't take it, but I did end up taking a different companion later in that draft. And the three in draft is really... like You can squeeze it in. It's not a big deal. The biggest deal is for a Lutri tree because you can't really surprise people. That's like an instant speed one. Yep. But for especially for Gyruda or Orion, you know, all it does is it exposes it to discard, basically. And you, you, you're always going to be able to find a spot in your curve to burn three mana, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. So
0: it really didn't affect draft all that much. I thought it was going to be... Way more of an effect, and I guess uh Luris too is a pretty big, pretty big change. Although you never really played Luris on three because you wanted to get value for him. The turn you played him, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting, man. Do you think that Luris would be safe to bring back now?
1: Ah, uh, okay. Hmm. So it 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 might be, it might be, but I don't think they're ever going to take that risk, right? Like, yeah. imagine they all think, okay, it is now. Safe for Luris, we can do it. And then they unban it and they immediately have to ban it again. I don't think that's likely, but I think it's just gonna it's gonna stay banned. Um, I know that that three is definitely quite a bit of mana, but like you talked about, sometimes you can always just find that three in your curve. and I don't know about it for Legacy, but maybe that card just does such powerful things in vintage. That having it basically cost six mana might still actually be broken, so we'll um we'll see. I don't think they're going to bring it back anyway. What's that?
0: I said I'm less confident for vintage that it would be a problem, but yeah, I think that uh, I really wish they had gone with the wish solution, and obviously they're they're not doing that, and they probably have companions in the pipeline, so it's just not not an option really. Yep, but it would have been cool to have these cards because i actually like Luris if it wasn't a companion just as a card for like a dead guy or whatever death and taxes oh sure stone blade like it would be a pretty sweet card to just put in your deck right like in your 60
1: right i just i i think that the decks that were really abusing it weren't those decks that you would like to see get a little bit of a boost and we'd just be seeing more mishra's bobble and uh i don't know
0: if it was a main deck card, if it wasn't a Companion, do you think it would still be a Mishra's Bottle kind of card?
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. No, absolutely. Oh. I I do not. I do not.
0: Yeah, I think it would just be like a, a utility three, like a one of you know? Yeah, maybe that fun, you could choose a four or, or whatever. Yeah, anything that helps dead guy, man, I'm always interested in. <laughs> I still play in that deck, man. I played it twice this week uh, on Zoom and at FNM.
1: Well, I mean, like that's your deck now you played it you played it on the legacy pit you were toting all of the deck dumps that have included dead guy and it's probably one of your favorite decks to play
0: yeah what was hilarious though was i had Dranith magistrate in the sideboard Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh it no longer stops companions dude with this change (laughs) yeah it doesn't do anything you
1: didn't adjust your deck and then got burned accordingly
0: yeah (laughs) like how how fucked is that dude it doesn't do anything. The card that they put in is like the pithing needle for this mechanic. And the mechanic was so broken that they just totally sidestepped the pithing needle.
1: That's actually kind of funny.
0: It is. It's pretty hilarious. But the other thing I was drafting this week that I thought was kind of worthy of talking about. Did you see Amaz's cube, Jason Chan?
1: Uh, Did they put his name on it finally?
0: Uh Oh, you, you know about the controversy there?
1: I know about the controversy. There was so much Wizards of the Coast controversy. I don't know if you want to get into it today, but like I Yeah, I don't want to get into it today. Okay. But Wizards Wizards did some shit this week.
0: It was it was a crazy week, man, for sure. We uh but Are anyway, we still
1: gonna do tokens after after all of this? Dude, I was
0: wondering about that. <laughs> Is it that? I was thinking about that today. <laughs> I think we have to, yeah. Okay. Alright. But we um the Dranath uh, Magistrate, the Amaz Cube, basically it's a uh, peasant cube, which is like uh, commons and uncommons. And it's just the best uncommons of all time. And the commons are mostly like fixing and then stuff, some iconic stuff like lightning bolt, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly like fixing. And then all the uncommons are like the mythic uncommons from every draft format. Like your stuff like uh, Cloud Chaser, Mall Drifter uh soul herder that kind of stuff right right annihilate so everything's a two for one in that that cube but there's no combo like there might be there might technically be an infinite combo in the cube but there's not like a splinter twin sort of thing or you know like a vintage cube would have
1: yep just like just just incremental value fix your mana yeah yeah yeah
0: but like the the craziest cards will wheel, man, like signets will wheel, even though they're like the best fixing and ramp in the set. Yep. It's really strange, man. Like the the sort of dynamics, and I'm not sure how much time Amaz spent on this cube particularly, because I'm not sure exactly how balanced it is or anything, but you can play aggro for sure. But most decks are just sort of these mid range value decks.
1: Yep. Is there enough to actually build like competitive aggro? It doesn't seem like that's the best spot for it, given how much fixing and how many two for ones there are, right?
0: I really did not think so until I got absolutely <laughs> run over by can't remember who it was, one of the trophy leaders. Uh,
1: but just like it's... some like mono red, red white aggro deck?
0: Yeah, all the Savannah Lions and <coughs> uh, and lords, basically. Yep, okay. Like there's a Kamigawa lord that's two white white, it gives everything plus one. There's like a cat lord. Uh. From Modern Horizons. It, it, I don't know, man. The, the aggro was definitely a lot more viable than I thought it was. And there's like shrines. I don't know. I would I would recommend everybody draft it. It's done on June tenth, so oh,
1: yeah, I'll I'll see hurt. if I can squeeze one in there. I'm sorry for how I'm sounding today. I go I woke up this morning and I had like a super productive day. I mowed my lawn I did some gardening and some trimming, and man, my allergies are, like, it's awful right now. Damn, bro. Yep.
0: Did you have allergies your whole life?
1: No. I don't know when I got them, but I got them as an adult. Probably had to do when I started, like, sniffing, like, a bunch of drugs. (laughs) Um, I noticed my allergies after that, but I did not have them when I was a kid.
0: I, uh, I I never had allergies before, and... Now a couple years in a row I've had this weird sensation that uh, I thought I, I thought was like uh finally got got cancer or something. Uh-huh. But but I think it's actually just what people call allergies maybe.
1: Yep. It probably is. Probably. This is. year so. I thought it was
0: coronavirus, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Also, uh, I wanted to shout out real quick, our buddy Saint Louis Saint Louis's own Josh Pershbacher messaged me. Okay. He uh, messaged me just a few minutes ago talking about if I wanted... He's getting into canning, apparently, and if I wanted some uh, some canned food. Yeah, oh, I, I okay. guess, like, long-term storage canning to, like, prepper stuff, maybe.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, which is pretty cool, and he's going to ship some up, I guess, uh, to Pat and I, but he said, uh, he said it, and I thought real quick, and, like, I'm pretty sure Pershbacher is German for, like, pig hunter or... Maybe like, uh, maybe some other animal kind of hunter. So I was like, is this going to be a jar full of sauerkraut? Cause I really don't like sauerkraut, man. And, uh, he wasn't as offended as I thought he might be, but no, I'm really looking forward to that. So I want to say thank you.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, at the beginning of the quarantine was so bored that I looked into like, all right, I'm going to make my own pickles. All right. We're going to make a sourdough bread starter and we're going to bake. Oh shit. And, uh, well, I thought about doing all of that. I never did any of that. Oh. <laughs> it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm kind of lazy. And uh, I, I thought about it, though.
0: 90 b Ferroni kits later.
1: Yeah. No, the, the, the b Ferroni was a hit.
0: <laughs> did you see any of these uh, M21 cards? Yeah. M21 sounds weird, bro. It does. I think there were only two cards I thought we should probably talk about tonight because they're so so impactful for the format actually. Yep. but yeah there are a lot of cards that we're going to be talking about
1: in the set review for sure
0: how many weeks is that from now by the
1: way too i i actually don't know i don't, I don't know how know many either. more weeks
0: i don't know because that like is there a pre-release i kind of doubt it
1: uh well i think we're getting back into the times where maybe maybe there could be um i know mass is starting to open back up again albeit slowly I don't know how the other states are doing, but I don't think it's out of the question that there may be a pre release.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, definitely. I think uh I think the date was like the beginning of July if I'm not mistaken, but
1: Yeah, that's know. usually when the sets come out.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it looks like uh first of all there's there's those crazy boxes where you buy the the one pack that has as many foils as the <coughs> would have.
1: Yep. And they t- brought that back from when they did that with a Lara block. I think it's yeah. the last time that I saw that.
0: Well, no, they've had it for uh, for El and Theros too.
1: Oh, I'm just I'm out of the loop then.
0: Yeah, man they they've been doing it. They're like I don't know 200 bucks or something a box, and they uh, they're doing it again for the core set, which is kind of really weird because it's a core set, you know.
1: I think so too, but I think that's probably like uh just their their new product line to be able to sell more premium product to customers so i think it's probably here to stay then
0: i hate the idea of it so i don't really want to say this but i think it's probably also good for the environment
1: that people don't buy so many of the regular packs if all they want is foils
0: yeah i've always thought about this man because like you need four play sets of certain mythics to make decks right and to open those four play sets of those mythics you end up opening like 60 to 80 of each common to get to those mythics right so they, they get drafted and then for the most part they just get thrown out and magic cards are not recyclable right right so so this sort of distribution where you're putting more rares and mythics in proportion to the commons and uncommons into the system is actually probably really reduces the number of overall cards printed
1: okay i like that take i think i guess we're kind of getting into a slippery slope then like asking the question why doesn't wizards just print more uh sets with these cards in them that people can buy directly like um <laughs> secret layers don't do secret layers and just going right to selling singles yeah. straight from Watsy? why <laughs> anyway we're, we're basically there right yeah almost almost there
0: Bro, this isn't in the show notes but i saw some <clears> bullshit <throat> before star city is is doing a, a tournament series you know about this
1: oh i saw that i saw the arena the online tournament series with like the the not copyrighted ripped off version of the boxing intro set to techno music
0: yeah but also i i didn't see that actually i heard about it but there's fucking they said that they can't do it on magic online because there's a rule that you can't charge money to enter magic online events
1: so they have to do it on arena
0: so there's just an arbitrary rule basically wizards just picking the winner basically there which it, we we would expect right but it's just like so frustrating
1: i didn't know that that was a rule i didn't know that that was a thing i think wizards probably just wants to like push arena so they're they're using that as the reason why Mm -hmm. because arena can't support an actual tournament structure right Right. like mtgo actually can right that's um that's really weird
0: yeah dude it was kind of bullshit and it made me mad because it would be sick to have like a star city legacy open on moda
1: it it actually would be
0: not i mean not sick sick but like sick for the new the new world or whatever. While while there are no Star City real opens,
1: maybe we could, maybe we could do something on on Magic Online, where there isn't an entry, but there uh, there's an entry. You know I'm, I'm pretty saying? sure
0: Brian Gottlieb tried this. I, I remember seeing a tweet about it where there was like an optional twenty dollars you could donate, and there happened to be prizes i don't know how it worked out and i'm not even positive it was brian it might have been someone else but
1: we'll look into that we'll put it alongside the uh tokens and the t-shirts <laughs> so i hope and, people and the liked mood, the yeah. artwork that you that you put together for the t-shirts nobody really said anything Oh, so really? because people like weren't kind of excited when i posted the picture i was like all right fucks i'm glad we didn't do these t-shirts then yeah
0: fuck that bro yeah that sucks, I didn't know that. But anyway, the uh the M21 cards that we want to talk about, there's a black instant that is Alters Reap, so sacrifice a creature, draw two cards. So that's obviously insane with Veteran Explorer, right? Yep. I mean Cabal Therapy was good, you know, Cabal Therapy was whatever and it, it lets you sort of have these elegant turn twos. But this okay. card is just so much better.
1: So it just cuts the generic mana off the casting cost of the old one? Yeah, basically. Okay. Um I'm I'm still hesitant to to say anything comboing with veteran explorer is insane. Like, yes, I can see very nice things being done with it. But you're still playing veteran explorer, so yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean. Definitely. Like I, I don't want to be the voice of the voice of naysayers everywhere, but that's that's what I'm thinking right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird because I was wondering about like young pyromancer, for example. Because of one mind, we we both agreed we didn't think we'd see play, and now it was seeing a fair a fair number of people were trying it at least in these sort of Grixis mid range decks. Yep. So I was thinking about that with like a sort of a young powermancer, fourteen to sixteen creature build, snapcasters and stuff. But I don't know, man. Just the, especially the fact that it's a black card that you you can't sort of pitch to anything or you know get rid of elegantly.
1: Yeah, it's it seems like obviously the card is very powerful, but it seems like one of those uh, takes takes quite a bit to set up. It's situational and. You might be better just playing more powerful cards rather than everything to set up that card.
0: Or a Knight's Whisper or whatever. I mean... I,
1: don't... I Yeah, I don't know about Knight's Whisper, but...
0: No, I'm saying if you want to do that, like, it's just...
1: A oh, you ride. can just play, like, straight-up card draw, like yeah. um, like anything else. Yeah, I understand. So
0: the other card, though... I think that you're going to say that you like more is See the Truth, which is uh, one blue sorcery that is, look at the top three cards of your library, choose one to put in your hand, and put the others uh, on the bottom of your library in any order. And if you cast it from anywhere but your hand, you draw three instead.
1: Yeah. Why? Okay. I. <sighs> sure. Why would they print this? I don't
0: know, man. You think it's going to be
1: good? No, I'm I'm saying like it's one of those cards where, uh, if it's gonna be good, it's insanely good, okay. like a two, like it just gonna be insanely good. There, you know that in Legacy there are enough cards that can set this up, right? The front side kind of sucks, maybe not for Standard, but for Legacy, like, uh, Sorcery Speed less than an Impulse
0: is an anticipate.
1: Uh, well, Sorcery for me, Sorcery Speed. Yeah, like anticipate, speed. yeah. Like sorcery speed, anticipate. Um, it's it, it's not really great on the front side, but you cascade into this thing, you flash it back with a Snapcaster Mage, you cast it with um, Dreadhorde Arcanist. There are just so many ways that you can play this card for an insane amount of value that are already seeing play in Legacy right now. So maybe yeah. the front side is like just not so not good enough that it demeans how much potential the backside has but i just i don't see that and i don't see this card like if it's bad nobody's going to play it and if it's good this just completely unbalances some games i just i don't know why you would print a card with sort of your track record of not getting power levels right that has this high of a potential yeah okay that that's kind of the argument that i was trying to make gotcha
0: yeah, you're probably right about that. I I don't think that the Cascade thing is a problem. I saw some people talking about Shardless before. Yeah. And I don't think that Shardless's problem was that it didn't have enough Ancestral Visions. I mean, I've seen people cut down to three. And when I was playing the Waterfalls deck, I'd cut down
1: to three. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, if you're just playing strict bug colors, maybe you want a fifth or sixth Ancestral Vision. Yeah. Or maybe this card's just better like these are the first four copies of ancestral vision i don't know but i don't i don't think that they're they're in the market for eight ancestral visions basically because you're just gonna have too much air in your deck at that point
1: okay i can agree with that i was more bringing up that um we saw some rug cascade decks that were playing like crash of rhinos yeah and I this like might that. be this might be a better fit than visions there because right true true yeah so i don't know I, I just, I was thinking about all of the flashback, like, cast from your graveyard mechanics, and just this this card does some dirty things.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It's kind of weird, because Dreadhorde Arcanist already runs away with the game just casting regular cantrips, so do you wanna bother giving him more power to do this? I don't know.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah, you're probably right about that, too.
0: I mean, it does sound really good. I, I just... I, the place where I see this just fitting like a glove is is like a two oven miracles, like with all the snapcasters, right?
1: Yeah, it saves space from the old um, ancestral knowledge package. Sorry, accumulated knowledge package okay. that they used to have. Um, so
0: it is sorcery speed, so that's kind of awkward. But whatever, it's draw three.
1: Yeah, draw draw three is pretty good. Not the six six for five rhino that does like an insanely amazing number of things.
0: Yeah,
1: no, not that. No, not that one? You don't want to talk about that one? We're talking you, about... Why, do you think it's playable? No, I don't think it's playable. I just, no. It's another Nick Fit card.
0: <laughs> I don't even think it's, it's close to good enough but, for Nick Fit. But basically, um, we had, obviously, the meta shakeup this week. We were kind of getting a, a little bit of a glimpse of the change when they pulled Luris and Zerda. The week yep. before and we were talking about the sort of blossoming of these old archetypes that we hadn't really seen for a while and we had this week a showcase challenge which is a big event and we had 15 of the top 16 were different archetypes we had only two companions both urian in the top 32 there were eight astrolabe decks six chalice decks four delver decks four Vile decks uh yeah basically this this showcase man like what do you think of what do you think about this
1: so obviously we we knew that we're gonna see some changes coming coming from the bannings i didn't think that we were gonna see as much chalice to be honest um it's kind of a lot it is kind of a lot i knew that i i expected us to see a bunch of astrolabe um and i I guess I expected more Delver. I never would have expected that Vile and Delver would have been equal. So Yeah,
0: that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I just I I would not I would not have expected that. So, um the fact that Astrolabe and Oko are up there, sure. Like I think we all we all thought that was gonna happen. I think Chalice was a little bit more heavily represented than we thought. I think Delver was down from what I thought, and um and I didn't expect as much Vile either so that's that's my thought on like the total breakdown from it Mm -hmm. so um yeah so that's it
0: so before we get into this how much time do you recall off the top of your head i should have looked this up before but how much time was there between when underworld breach was banned and aquaria came out
1: Mm, i want to say like so that was during quarantine time where like i'm still not fully processing how much (laughs) time has passed true so i want to say that it was like a month but it might have been way longer
0: i was gonna say it was even like three weeks
1: all right so hold on uh
0: you're, you're searching under I'm, I'm googling
1: it i'm googling right now trying to find the ban announcement so it was banned march 9th
0: yeah so about a month exactly so yeah we had a month i guess with we could call it this meta right because there's not really any akoria cards that are showing up i mean we talked about there's two orion decks so that's sort of whatever but it's basically we're back to that old meta right
1: yeah and i don't know if it was this lacking was it really this lacking in delver i guess i guess with underworld breach around the delver decks were a little bit better positioned to fight against combo but are you talking about right after breach got banned
0: yeah right after breach got banned
1: yeah i i felt like we were just sort of in like a dead space at that time and it was a ton of snow control so my i guess we are of, sort of back yeah
0: my opinion of that meta was that the best decks were snow control blue red delver and tess or ann like storm
1: decks so, do you think that Chalice, you think that the performance of Chalice in this tournament had something to do with the number of people that brought Storm to counteract the Oko and Astrolabe decks?
0: Well, I think that maybe people were looking at that, sort of that same sort of thought that I just mentioned, where where Delver and Storm are two of the top three decks. Yep, and, and Chalice said,
1: lining up really well against that.
0: Yeah, because nobody could really have a read. We've talked about this with past showcase challenges where you know literally half the people that are going to be in the event and what decks they intend to play. Yeah. So you see a lot of these really meta calls, but this is like a new format. So it could be all over the place, right?
1: Yeah, and maybe people were... I mean, I think that the Chalice decks, how many Chalice decks we saw was... An indication of how good Chalice was in the meta game, not like, oh, I always play Chalice. I'm just going to bring Chalice. Oh yeah, so definitely. I I want to look at like, okay, that happened. Why did it happen? And it's probably because of the number of Delver and Storm decks in the field. At least that's what I would like try to try to see.
0: So you think that there are a lot of Delver decks that were below the
1: that line? did not do well, right? And probably quite a bit of Storm.
0: Probably right. I mean, it seems, it seems like Storm did well, though.
1: So how many uh, how many decks did it put in the top thirty-two?
0: I thought I saw at least three. Okay, I don't know. I have to double check. I'm looking at two right now. No, it's only two.
1: Yeah, and a ton of Death and Taxes. I I wouldn't have expected that either. To be well,
0: honest. are you counting the, the Esper decks as Death and Taxes too?
1: Uh, no, I'm talking about just in top eight. there there's a third and fourth in in the top eight right
0: well there's the eldrazi taxes deck yeah
1: i mean that's still okay i still consider that death and taxes ish okay
0: yeah yeah that's fair and yeah also the esper vile decks can be death and taxes ish depending on how you look at it Mm -hmm. but yeah no that's a good point man so yeah obviously chalice decks did really well i think that that has something to do with what people anticipated the meta to be like you said the first first place deck La masters this is like a karn urza echo of beyonds deck so you get yeah, lion's echo, eye diamond and Chalice.
1: like the, like we've seen this this shell a long time ago without the echoes and i guess it's just insane what this deck can do with the the artifact mana and just being able to play lion's eye diamond into echo and just drawing a whole new seven but We've seen the shell before, and I I never would have picked this to, to win this challenge.
0: We've seen the shell for a long... Yeah, I agree. But we've seen the shell for a long time, right? Like, if you go back to that card in Dominaria, which was like one of the first sets that came out when we started this podcast. Yep. It was uh, Antiquities War, remember? Yeah. Like, that's when we started to really see this shell, and that was with the old card, and that was before the Great
1: Creator. And it was before Urza. Oh, yeah,
0: long before Urza. Actually, every card in this deck, dude. Psy, Emery, Urza, Echo, Narset, Karn.
1: I thought... No, Psy Psy definitely came after. Antiquities War was Dominaria, which was the year before M19. Is that right?
0: No, it was the set before M19.
1: Oh, the set before. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: So Psy came very closely after those shells started to pop up.
0: Yeah, but it's just crazy because... It feels like the same deck to me with the addition of Echo. Yeah, it's just really a lot not. of
1: the individual pieces got like like so so hard upgraded.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because it, this feels like the uh what what's the like philosophical uh air to that deck or whatever.
1: Okay, yeah. Yep, yeah, like yeah, I understand what you're trying to say. It's just crazy that you can just like you could be playing this like sort of combo ish deck. They can just turn one Narset your like your opponent. That nope. just seems so dirty.
0: Yeah, the the turn one Echo Narset bullshit. Or actually, I don't know if you can do that, but.
1: Well, I guess you like you can do it perfect handed. You right. need like like a pedal. Two petals or, two pedals or a pedal and an active, um, Moxopal. True. And then you have your Lion's Eye Diamond and Echo. Like yeah. that's super fantasy land, but. Just playing a turn one Narset against a lot of the decks that are in the field now. Less so with Delver taking sort of a getting downgraded, but um but it's still super strong.
0: Yeah, also that original antiquities war, damn dude, you're beat up,
1: huh? Hmm. So bad. Plus, like okay, so I'm in the upstairs office. Usually what happens before I record is I close all the windows. And I bump the air conditioner so it's nice and cool because the computer's on, like, all that stuff. And uh, and I cut the AC so it doesn't screw up the audio. And I'm nice. I'm nice. Now, today, my wife yelled at me for that, opened up all the windows, and turned the fan on. Thank Plus, you. she had her computer on in here. So, the room is full of all the pollen from the grass that I cut. It's hot as balls. <laughs> and uh, she just got up and left. So... Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm absolutely struggling. And I'm glad well, this didn't happen in episode 100, but this this sucks today, for sure.
0: You're not making Alyssa raid with you, are you?
1: No, I'm not. But she's in our Discord now. She's like, <laughs> oh, I finally got a Discord, and since I'm a patron, I should... um. I should be able to get in there because I'm always on discord, like for the other game that I play and a little bit for a little bit for this one. And uh I think she just wants to snoop, snoop out all of the things that I'm talking about. Uh, so now she's in our discord. It is not me. I'm not using it as a second or third um, social media <laughs> account to be able to like all of my things. We'll see. Um, but I think she's just a spy. She's spying on me. Gotcha. Yep.
0: Cool, man. Well, yeah, basically, what I was what I was starting to say was the Antiquities War back when that deck first came around, and it was really powerful, like because it, it had sort of never been seen before. Th- that wasn't a London Mulligan world, you know.
1: No, but I I think if I remember back to the power level of that deck, it, that was kind of the focal point of it, and it didn't have enough different avenues for victory other than resolving Antiquities War. So it was kind of like the the focal point of the deck. Encountering it made a made a pretty big pretty big impact, but here, just like all these cards are bombs, yeah, right. So like yes, the Antiquities of War is going to win you the game, but now this deck is playing similar pieces with as much artifact ramp, and just all of your cards can do that. Like just right. play a Karn, yeah. play an Urza. There's play a play an Emery. And just start chaining things together. It's um, it's a lot more resilient, and it it plays a very similar game plan with having way more threats.
0: Yeah, so basically, not only has this deck gotten better, like, literally gotten 20 of the cards are just better cards now. Yep. But also, the London Mulligan benefits this kind of deck. Like, objectively, right? So, <laughs> it's, an, it's an Ancient Tomb sort of potential god hand deck so this does seem like a very powerful deck like i I, we shouldn't be that surprised i guess that it that it did well and it's still a chalice deck so
1: that is true a very effective one like yeah yeah
0: yeah for sure man so interesting i mean i'm not ready to say like it's a it's a serious metagame player or something but it's definitely a definitely worth a look
1: I would absolutely agree with that. Like, I I think that being a chalice deck for this tournament was probably a very good meta call. And judging on how the top eight lined up with, like, with the decks that were there, this just matched up well against those decks.
0: Yeah. So second place, the finals, was against Wonder Pro with an ant deck that was tuned a little differently than, than what we would have thought i think coming in because there's two veil of summers in this deck and uh, main deck grape shot for i guess that was a great call if you're gonna see a lot of thalias.
1: yeah i mean if you take a look at how the top eight lined up that that grape shot is actually kind of where you need to be and maybe wonder pro knew that there was going to be a lot of death and taxes in this in this um in this tournament
0: yeah pretty great call
1: so yeah that was that was very good third
0: place uh as we mentioned was the uh white eldrazi deck uh pretty typical build nothing nothing too silly it is two once upon a times but
1: yeah i mean you've been high on this deck for for a real long time
0: yeah i love this deck so but it's pretty typical build i do like one brushland that makes me happy Uh, Yoshiwada, fourth place with Death and Taxes. That is...
1: Like straight old Death and Taxes. This is Death and Taxes from like two years ago.
0: Yeah, mother of runes Death and Taxes, man. Not even giver of runes Death and Taxes.
1: Yeah, Yoshiwada woke up the morning of the tournament, didn't have anything together, clicked register with the pile that they already had built, and I've been there before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt, man. And actually, this just made me look something up. What's that? You know, people talk about plague engineer now, right? Yeah. As being like a predator to these step and taxes decks or tribal decks in general, how many plague engineers do you think are in this tournament?
1: Uh, six. I'm making up a number. Yeah, I'm gonna. S- exactly I'm gonna say six. six.
0: There are six copies.
1: Holy shit! Spread. I definitely f- didn't control F. I didn't actually. I, just, I made up a number.
0: So oh. the, the Esper Vial decks have one in the main and one in the sideboard each.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then two of the Snow decks have one Plague Engineer.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I don't think that there were too many like of the bug mid-range decks that we're seeing that were playing like three Engineer sideboard, maybe even one in the main. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just moved over to the Snow decks that are playing. like They're playing a bunch of similar effects, but less of that actual card, if that makes yeah. sense. There's still um the the snow minus x minus x and and things like that
0: yeah dude it's kind of uh it's kind of weird to see so few plague engineers
1: well i mean if death and taxes and eldrazi and taxes and these things start to make a comeback we might see a little bit of a resurgence of that card but i mean it's it's around and it's something that you need to pay attention to in the meta now so, what about place? the uh, the dredgevine deck coming in fifth?
0: Oh, dredgevine! I just thought it was a regular hogak deck.
1: Uh, well, do regular hogak decks play hedron crab in Legacy.
0: Oh yeah, sometimes that was like the uh, what was that dude's name?
1: Eric's Crab Shack. No,
0: uh, but yes, also yes, but no, I think it was like Zan Syed or somebody had had played this version of it.
1: Okay. Before. So, maybe this is just like the exact same version of a really old deck that I just forgot about. I didn't know that it had the crab in it.
0: Yeah, it it is kind of, it it is definitely unusual. Yeah, I didn't notice the crab when I first looked at it. You're right. But yeah, this, I think this was somebody like maybe Dylan Donigan. Okay. Somebody posted about it on Twitter. But, uh, doped AFI playing Sneak and Show in sixth, which was like the, uh, Days, Simian Spirit Guide version.
1: Yep, splashing for Veil on the sideboard too.
0: Yep, and Oko, of course. And then seventh place, Honorag, obviously in the top eight of this event, with the Back to the Snow deck. I, I, it's hard to remember like this deck after Ren was banned, but before it became like a Orion deck. I'm trying to think of what it looked like, but I think it probably looks a lot like this.
1: Yeah, just with no your with no Uro. So it's, like, almost the exact same deck. Right. Um, Just I think that there were Snapcaster Mages in place of Uro. I think they
0: have two Teferis in the main, too.
1: Okay. That makes sense. I don't remember that deck having Sylvan Library, either.
0: Right. Oh.
1: Oh, excuse me. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's brutal.
0: Yo, that's making me think about something. There are no Teferis in the top eight, man. So similar... So,
1: nine, yeah, you hit one at ninth, though.
0: Yeah, there is one in ninth. yeah. And then the Esper Vile decks are each playing 2. And then there's only one other Teferi in this whole Top 32. That's pretty crazy, because Teferi was like a, definitely a bigger player in the, the pre-Akoria limited yeah. time
1: meta. Yeah, and again, this is one tournament... Like yeah. it's one tournament, so we'll see what happens, but that card is still very good.
0: It is, yeah. But it's also it's it, it kinda it's weird because it's like a this sort of card advantage control ish card, but it it also is looking for a certain uh closing speed in your deck, right?
1: Okay. Well it does like does the Esper the Esper File deck have like have a closing speed that you want it to have
0: no that's why i'm wondering if it fits in that deck anymore
1: so do you think that this is just like a port of the old esper list that hasn't changed and that's why it's playing multiple Teferis? that's
0: kind of what i'm thinking but also this is jtl playing it and it's his deck so it's kind of like weird to call it a port because the deck sort of is whatever he says it is
1: okay that makes sense i didn't actually look at who was playing it
0: yeah I don't know, man. It's an interesting thought, but a lot of people have moved away from Teferi. You know, obviously, we see Anurag has, and he's probably played more of that, that sort of snow control deck than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Eighth place, Decott with uh, Blue Red Delver
1: with three true names, dude. How long has it been since we've seen that? Quite a while. And maybe, maybe Daniel saw that it was going to be a downtime for Plague Engineer, even though, like, in this deck, Plague Engineering one for one in true name is fine. Like you're okay with that. Yeah. You don't you're not getting blown out by um by the name. You're you're still only running one young pyromancer, so you don't even get like smushed out of the game that way. Yeah. So I like it. Like Blue Red. The the biggest thing about this deck is that there's two pyroblast main deck. So predicting a meta that is just filled with blue. And if we take a look at what happened in the top eight, there's actually like quite a bit of non-blue.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a miss, actually.
1: Yeah, but I, I trust his judgment when it comes to what you kind of want to be playing. So yeah, I think for this sure. is just a weird tournament, especially once you start to go down through some of the lists just outside of top eight, like we talked about. Yeah
0: yeah so ninth place is a, a more different snow deck not the dead of winter snow deck but the red blue white green snow deck for what for for teferi and source of plowshares you're giving up the dead of winter and stuff i don't know yeah i mean you're still i, I don't have a teferi. feel i don't have a feel on which uh, i'm sorry yeah you're uh, I I'm just trying to think about which one is is better, right? Like what the, uh, which one I would be starting on. I, yep. I really like Dead of Winter as a card. So,
1: I mean, I I also like it. However, Supreme Verdict is very good. True. And like, you take a look at both of the decks, and there's very little that separates it. Even the mana base, it's like you're playing almost the same split. They're just different basics. So, I um. I like this Bantish deck probably more than the version with black, but you get to play the cards that you want because the mana base is basically free.
0: Right. True. Dude, this was reminding me, actually. We never talked about the card Wilt. Did you know that? The card what? Wilt. No, we didn't. When Akoria came out, I did not know that that was a new card. Like I didn't look at it long enough to even register in my mind.
1: Yeah, and usually we're all about like the oh this yeah. will see this will see some sideboard play because it's marginally better than this X old card, like, like Nature's with... Chant
0: and Return to Nature. We we spent a lot of time talking about those two cards when they came out.
1: Yep, I think we got lazy. We yeah. absolutely got lazy. I didn't I didn't see this card either.
0: You know what it was? I just saw the name Wilt and and it kind of had like classic looking art, and I just thought it it definitely wasn't a new card. So it is a new card and it's uh, a really good disenchant the best naturalize ever because you can just cycle it and it's naturalize is such a conditional card that having cycling on a card that's that conditional is just amazing
1: yep i agree with that
0: so yeah that, that is what it is i guess it's we so kind of see a
1: return to blood moon too this like almost straight bant deck that's only playing red in the sideboard for blasts and blood moon it's weird
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, it's better than back-to-basics if you can play it, right?
1: Uh, Yes, sure.
0: Yeah, and also the blue-red deck above. uh, Daniel Goschel's deck is playing the Blood Moon. Yep. Uh, Tenth place, we talked about the Esper Viola list. Dude, eleventh place is the last deck uh, going down that I was going to talk about, but this deck is wild, bro. This is uh, not Maverick, not Plug, and not scapeshift but
1: well so i played a deck very similar to this that was the green black version so just for everybody who's
0: listening it's three dried of the illicine grove right with so
1: cards like valakit and uh and primeval titan and then uh, sort of like a yeah like the the main deck is very similar I didn't play Knight of the Reliquary because I wasn't splashing white. Um, and there weren't Swords to Plowshares in the deck that I was running. I was playing some black cards along with sideboarded Plague Engineers and and other other things like that. So this is basically that uh Dryad Primeval Titan deck, cut black, add white, and you get kind of not a maverickish feel. But the Net of the Reliquary gives you a lot of options with your mana base. So were you not playing uh, Chalice in your deck? Uh, no, I was playing Chalice. Okay, this is not... I think So I think the, the swap was, I was playing Chalice, Main Deck, Trinisphere, Sideboard, and this deck cut the Chalice's Main Deck just to play Trinisphere and doesn't have any of those cards as sideboard options. Right, like, yes. Yeah, so that's why I didn't want to call this Plug is because of the Chalice. Right, like they're basically saying right now they want swords to plowshares and crop rotation more than they want chalice. Plus, I guess they're playing elvish reclaimer as right. a one drop to be able to sort of like um, use your mana base as a toolbox. But um, I, I kind of I, I kind of like the chalice. Yeah, I mean, so, it's so big, right? Yeah. So I, I I don't know. Is is swords to plowshares that much more powerful? that you you want to play these extra ones in place of what what seems to be a pretty perfect fit for chalice of the void
0: yeah I I don't I personally don't see it but obviously this player did really well
1: yep yeah. and I I mean I don't know there there probably were there could have been a few people playing the the black version but I, I feel like the strength of this deck is really based off of the utility packages of the creatures, how much ramp they have, and your ability to just completely go over the top. And if you're acknowledging that a card like Trinisphere is really, really good, um, maybe maybe they wanted Chalice too. Like, you could take the Knight of the Reliquary in addition to that, that shell, cut the black, add the white, and not have Swords to Plowshares or Crop Rotation or Reclaimer... And have a very similar deck that could fit Chalice. Right. I think I would I would want to go in that direction.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it really surprised me to have no Chalice in the sideboard, especially too.
1: Right. Like usually, if you're playing something like Trinisphere, you you would want to also play something like Chalice. But this is playing some like some ones in on the sideboard too, like yeah. Carpet of Flowers, Deafening Silence, and Surgical. So. The deck is playing quite a few ones. I would just want to figure out a way that maybe we could rework that to be able to include Chalice. Yep. All right. Yep, that's what I thought about it, at least. Cool, man.
0: Uh, I was kind of sad. I wanted to mention 12th place was the first appearance of a, of a uh, companion, which is Orion. I'm happy with that because Orion was the one I always found most interesting. But what made me sad about this deck is it's 80 cards. Yep. It is sort of a four-color snowish control deck with four deck Fadens in it. But and there's still no Riel or the was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that it's an 80-card deck that still wasn't maxing out on its cantrips. Like, it's not playing Preordain. It's only playing four plunder and four Brainstorm. Like, I feel like the numbers in this deck, not with the Creature Suite. I like the Creature Suite. Um, but with the spell suite, could have been tuned a little bit better to maybe have some more cantrips and blue cards. So that's what that's what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, three cling to dust seems a little excessive, right?
1: Yeah. Um, it. Do does. you remember
0: Rial from the uh, spoiler?
1: Uh, which one was that?
0: So Rial is one blue red for a wizard. That's
1: uh, oh, is that the the dual caster mage? Like a one three
0: and. Whenever you discard a card for the first time each turn, you draw that many cards. So if you DAC,
1: you
0: draw two, discard two, draw two.
1: Yep. Okay. I can't remember which one that I was thinking of. I was thinking of the companion that you could, like, flash it in. Yeah, it's Lutri. Lutri. I was thinking of Lutri. Yeah. I mean, there are other ways to abuse Dak Faden with cards like that that they're not playing either.
0: Yeah, like Narset.
1: Yeah. So yeah it's yep. interesting with uh with the rules change that becomes like kind of magic magical christmas land to set up
0: yeah it is very kind of winmore It just made me sad because when i saw four deck fade and i was like oh here it is and then it wasn't there yep it does seem weird though to go four deck and not any of the other planeswalkers you have in this color pair though i guess it is a punishing fire deck technically.
1: yeah i mean it definitely does I would want to play more cantrips. That's the only thing that I would think about. Like I see the three cling to dust and just would 100% rather have four preordained somewhere in this list and shave, shave some other places.
0: Yeah. Cause cling to dust still gets hit by chalice. It's not like, uh, not like you're being clever there. Yeah. So that's about all for the, the showcase. We got our boy Marcus playing miracles. Like, old school miracles in 21st so shout out to him also uh peanut brittle i believe is playing Orion Death and Taxes in 32nd. so that's the other companion showing up but anyway on to uh onto the deck dump there's there's three decks I pulled i don't know how are you feeling bro you don't sound too good
1: i don't sound too good but i'm going to i'm going to tough through it anyway cuz i'm All off right. maybe i can redeem myself with the deck dump
0: <laughs> so Osmandius with the the Naya Zoo plus Oko. What do you think about this deck, bro? This is uh this is a deck that we've definitely talked about a lot and used to be a player and a lot of the cards you'd expect to see in Naya Zoo just aren't here anymore.
1: Yeah, um so th- I love the idea the domri the clothus I don't like it all. The Elvish Reclaimer is a beatdown card I really really like. Like that that I absolutely like. Um but usually you see this this shell with like quite a bit more burn. Um and it's only playing four lightning bolt. Like you have this like weird weird counterplay with you playing a bunch of bunch of beatdown creatures and also playing four swords to plowshares yeah so i'm i'm not sure if i like that uh the sylvan library i love the oath of nissa mm. Is not weird in this deck bro it, it, it really does feel just really strange like the deck is being pulled in multiple directions
0: i was trying to think of any kind of synergy i guess if you cast two oath of Nyssa's you feed your goyth like that's like the that's really loose you know i can't think of any other reason it's not like yep. you're playing like a Teferi to blink this card. Like there there are synergies with Oath of Nyssa, just not in this deck, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I, I I just like um I feel like it's being pulled in two different directions, and the more mid-range stuff that you play like that, the more it takes away from your early game plan. Yeah. So maybe this you like isn't. Maybe this isn't zoo. Maybe this isn't really how you want to think about it. Maybe it's just like naya naya mid-range that can have an aggro draw once in a while i just like i think it's a really weird deck
0: it is man maybe it's just naya oko i guess because like how what what is your so you know that nakadal sort of zoo deck that we always think about talk about like the traditional naya zoo deck could really have you basically dead if not technically dead on turn three right
1: yep this one can't do that
0: what do you think would be the nut draw in terms of speed for this deck? Like, I'm trying
1: to imagine it. Well, I think the nut draw just ends up being, like, Noble hierarchy into Oko or something.
0: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm just saying, like, the fastest possible kill this deck could execute.
1: Uh, It probably would involve multiple Reclaimers and Tarmogoyfs. So, like, maybe turn one, Reclaimer. Turn two, Reclaimer, Reclaimer. Um, so three, turn- Reclaimer...
0: Three fetch lands and three reclaimers, so turn three, swing for nine.
1: Uh, yeah, and then some lightning bolts. Right, like, so I think that's probably the quickest you can get with this. Okay, or maybe like turn one uh, noble hierarch, turn two three reclaimers. Uh, yeah, and then you're swinging for the same amount, and you have access to a little bit more mana. I um, yeah. I, I'm really not sure though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, man. I guess the Reclaimers do kind of beat almost on par with the Mikado. And they have all the extra utility, obviously.
1: Yeah, uh, but this deck doesn't really take a huge advantage of that utility. Like, you can dig out Wastelands and everything. But Wastelands are kind of sort of at the low point from where they have been. Um, so, I don't know. Like, all that stuff really slows it down, too, because it's 2 plus to activate. Yep. and um i'm probably just i'm thinking about this deck in a different way maybe it's just you're you're playing the reclaimers to be able to tutor for your land and you're really revolving around your like three drop non-creature threats to win the game so um i, I don't know if i would want to play a deck like that though
0: yeah it's pretty weird bro but i guess you have excavators you could wasteland lock you know, a Dalver deck or something. You have Caracas. You've got, you know, that sort of stuff. It, it's just, I don't know. Obviously, Osmandius knew uh, what he was doing to 5 with this deck, but it does seem pretty strange to me.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, me too. Me too.
0: Second uh, second deck I want to talk about was a Grixus Lutri deck that was, who was it playing that? FGC. Mm hmm. A bunch and a bunch
1: of one-ofs.
0: A bunch of one-ofs, yeah. We can't ever read these decks, really, to people. Not that we read the last deck either, but... Uh, I just thought this deck was interesting because we talked a lot about Revolutry in past episodes, and this deck, I thought you would be more inclined to say that you liked, because I think I've seen each of these cards individually be played in Grixis control decks in the past two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh it's like somebody's grixis trade binder
0: yeah yeah basically i mean there's a couple cards there's mental note and peak i think which are kind of stretching it but
1: mm-hmm.
0: aside from that like you know we would see a lot of stuff in those decks like one bolt one push uh you know what one drown the lock that sort of split right so i don't know does this look like a terrible deck to you or what
1: no, it doesn't look like a terrible deck. All the cards are good. But like, when you look at a deck like this and you see one Astrolabe, you're like, <laughs> all right, what, Like, what is, what is trying to happen here? There's quite a bit of removal. There's kind of a low creature count. Um, and I- I'm not sure really how this deck actually can craft the game plan where you're grinding out value, you're grinding out value, you win. Because like... You just have so many different cards that have the opportunity to line up so poorly against other decks, right? Like you're playing so many Edict effects that could potentially be dead cards. Um, And even though you're playing a bunch of different types of cantrips, your total cantrip count is lower than a lot of the other decks in Legacy. So, um, I mean, it's it's not awful. I can see how they did well with it. I just don't know if I like it.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to say about it was that I wondered if because last week we had the deck dump, or two weeks ago I should say, we had the deck dump that only showed decks that were post Luris and Zerda. Yep. I'm not sure that this deck dump is only decks that have the three mana rule in effect.
1: Okay, you know what I'm saying yeah. So okay, so I can I, see that. I think so, that there's
0: a good chance that this list might have done it before you needed to pay an extra three for a loot tree because it just doesn't seem like a very good card if you're paying six for it and it's not a surprise
1: okay i absolutely agree with that but like i guess it's never going to be a surprise right right, right. you're going to get revealed but true um it's got a from the ashes in the sideboard that's a, <laughs> that's a card that everybody needs to pick up a play set of immediately
0: for sure all right bro last deck Kahira lone pox again Another deck, I didn't think about this actually at the time, but this could have been before the three mana change, but mm-hmm. the reason that I like this deck is well it's it's a lone pox deck. It's a, it's a, a lone deck with no creatures in the main, so you can play Kahira in the side, which is essentially just a six mana three two at this point.
1: Yep. And um, you don't you you're playing Liliana, so you can't play the lands five five for five so you're stuck playing this
0: but you do have mutavaults that become three threes i guess <laughs> okay. with this. so there is it's wait not a like
1: minute. wait a minute no um okay the muta vaults only get plus one plus one yeah i, I right. thought
0: about that too for a second yeah if there were seven sevens it would definitely be worth but no they're not
1: okay it's What about incidental quagmire? Bonus. oh dude
0: hissing quagmire comes a three three as well
1: oh okay interesting it doesn't really change my opinion on the deck <laughs> it, it's well, nice it's nice that they found a spot to play that as a one of in the sideboard but that's not what this deck is about it's just like when rich was talking about oh yeah i would have a three two for three with no other abilities in my sideboard if i could get it um that's really what this deck is trying to do with it
0: but the math really changes when it's a three two for six right
1: oh yeah obviously obviously like, so, it comes with a draw card for three and put it in your hand. So Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think the best thing about this deck would be that you can uh, bluff people, right? Like,
1: having Kahira in
0: the sideboard, the best part about that would be people would be like, what the hell is this? You know, you're not expecting, like, a... Oh,
1: like yeah, you're chalice. like, oh, I'm playing against Tribal Elementals, or I'm playing against whatever. And then I you get need... on
0: Chalice, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely need some removal. Mm-hmm. And then you keep your double removal hand against this deck, and you're like, well... That wasn't a good call. Exactly.
0: So yeah, that I thought that was pretty interesting. But the the thing about this deck, it was kind of combining two things I've been thinking about recently, mm-hmm. which are Kahira, because I was playing the Elementals deck, and then also the idea of Sylvan Library Pox with Ominous Seas. Do you know Ominous Seas?
1: Uh, No, I have to look it up. It's an
0: enchantment from Akoria. It's uh, uncommon. It's one in a blue for this card where whenever you draw a card, you put a counter on it, and you can remove eight counters to make an 8-8. Eight eight.
1: Oh, okay. I remember talking about that card.
0: So if you go, like, you know, cast it, and then your next turn, you have a Sylvan Library and, and Brainstorm, you basically have an 8-8 eight eight already,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: So... That card I mean I've I've been playing it in standstill this week, but I've been thinking about it a lot with Sylvan Library and how to work it in. The problem that I've had when I've tried to put blue cards in this deck is they just become more and more blue, this deck, until it ends up becoming like a shardless deck or something. Okay. But I am curious to see if anybody's trying omnacy in pox.
1: Um Yeah. I don't spend my free time worrying about what people are saying. in Pox, <laughs> I, I that I can say that that thought has not crossed my mind one time, not one time.
0: It is cool though, because like the cards that break smallpox parody are are basically like enchantments like that, you know.
1: Yeah, like the the black Lege- the black legends package and things yep. things of that nature.
0: I've been like incredibly impressed with that card on this series. Like,
1: all uh, right, I haven't had the opportunity to play time. with it, so I, I will defer. To your judgment,
0: every archetype I played with it so far, it's it's done at least as well or better than I thought it would. So okay, I uh, I'm gonna control F, for I'm gonna season this deck <laughs> top. See if I miss any. No, I did not miss any. <laughs> so yeah, bro, that's uh, that's the deck top. I think.
1: Good, good. We made it through. We made
0: it through. I, I still don't feel great, but Barely, it's good bro.
1: It's good that we're done.
0: Uh, yeah, you need to, what, what do you take for your allergies?
1: So my wife has like the, the Walgreens version of Claritin that I will probably go take, but usually it's not this bad. It's just that like, uh, we have a bunch of trees that are starting to bloom. Uh, and I did all of the yard work today and you could see like that, that layer of yellow on the driveway and all over the cars and uh and it was just all in the air today brutal yep
0: yeah damn bro so yeah you gotta make it up for uh M, man we uh we definitely wanna figure that out we also gotta figure out out how
1: we're gonna send you off this is uh this is big this is absolutely big
0: yeah and this episode with kramer too we gotta figure this out before i go next week yeah and uh, the thing that I want to say, right, for episode 100, that's the only thing we have to talk about? Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? I guess, uh, at ian one twenty five on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah. How can people get in touch with you?
0: Uh, deadformatcast at gmail.com.
1: You can find me at TSmileyMTG.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, basically, with making it to episode 100, I wanted to tell a quick story where... This uh, ex girlfriend that I had, this is going back a ways, wanted to go on vacation with me to uh, out to California and, and Denver, and I was like, "No, we can't go on vacation." I I, I sort of made up excuses, and they kept we kept rescheduling. Finally, I was just like, "Listen, if we go on vacation together, uh, we're gonna break up because I can't spend that much time with you." And <laughs> Which
1: led to you guys breaking up at that did, moment. Yeah, it did. Okay. Uh,
0: no, no, no. On vacation.
1: Oh. it's predicted.
0: Okay. So basically, I have this sort of thing. I, I It's partly on me and it's partly of me where I think that I can start to, like, aggravate people but also feel aggravated by them if I spend, like, too much time talking to them. Because, like, as soon as the system becomes predictable to me, I start to test the limits of it. Okay. Like, I, I can't help myself, right? Like, it's just sort of like a uh, – a game sort of like a sick uh, psychopathic maybe uh, sociopathic game i play i don't know but i think that the reason this podcast has lasted so long like i really did some soul searching about this while i was sleeping and basically i think that the podcast the reason it's lasted so long is i can't predict what you're gonna say about shit man okay that's good
1: i i felt like you were about to bring up the time where you like tried to get me to agree that the tagline to our podcast was going to be tucker carlson <laughs> and and i didn't know it at the time i thought that's where you were going to go with the story <laughs> i forgot about that the, the podcast
0: so. is a sworn enemy of pomposity <laughs> smugness group double thing. speaker
1: fucking whatever it was <laughs> yep you, you did that
0: <laughs> oh my god dude i forgot about that
1: yeah. But a lot of the times I don't even know what I'm gonna say before I say it. I edit so much, there's like thirty second minute long bursts of me going like, uh, um hey. you know what? <laughs> so it's it's very unpredictable. But I think the most unpredictable thing is if like right off the bat I say something and you're like, oh, I didn't expect you to come up with it that quickly.
0: Yeah. No, I don't I don't mean like, you know, specific phrases or something i mean obviously you don't say yikes or so i can never do a podcast with someone who said yikes unironically, ironically but you know what i'm trying to say like yep basically uh your opinion on big things like uh you know like uh conspiracy theories
1: or uh uh
0: the the reserve list is a great example
1: right oh yeah like, i mean like you don't you don't fit our, into my pattern. opinion on the reserve list is very like not mainstream um but i think it's correct it's not it's
0: also not something that you heard someone say and, and adopted based on that like you you sort of see this pattern especially in a time like right now where people are i believe if you know one thing about someone you know everything because they fall into group a or group b right like
1: red team blue uh, team. i don't know i don't fully agree with that i think that's dangerous it is
0: a hundred percent dangerous but i'm saying like people are trying to align like there's a closing of ranks going on right
1: okay and it's, I, I think it's that very has a lot bad. to do with social media and like true Absolutely. like being in some sort of ideological bubble where like people's opinions on things coalesce for sure and you yes. start to see people have similar opinions on things i mm. i can definitely see that but, but i think it's good yeah. to try to keep an open mind and i'm not saying that as like yeah i don't want that to be interpreted as i'm All not liberal because usually when you hear people saying something like that like maybe something racist comes out next but
0: <laughs> i uh i don't know man i think that uh i no, i think it's a testament to the uh the individual right like this sort of uh my fucking dog dude my dog does not shut up on podcast
1: <laughs> he's a good boy
0: so fucking annoying <laughs> this guy i don't know what i'm gonna do with this guy but yeah bro this is uh this is a good episode i think and i wanted to shout out do we have any new patrons bro because we haven't done that in a long time
1: oh yeah we do hold on
0: <laughs> i had a couple people message me now
1: i'm sure we do we have a lot <laughs> We have a lot of people leaving. We have a lot of people joining. Let me look. Uh, it's
0: fucking Twitter, bro. They're doing the purges.
1: You think that's it? I don't know. Okay. Don't I was worry. just
0: reading a long, long conspiracy thread about it. Oh,
1: some, about you some... Fill us in. Fill us in on the, um, uh, on
0: so the conspiracy theory some that dude you were reading. Wrote a, some dude wrote a program that uh, parses your, your Twitter lost followers and does a weekly report on it. And yep. some dude messaged all 338 of his lost followers, and none of them who responded claimed that they actually unfollowed him. Now, there's going to be a huge bias in this data, and he didn't say what the N was in terms of the respondents. Yep. So I think that's kind of shady. It could have been four people. You know, it could have been 10 people. But there's there's a huge bias in terms of you don't want to tell someone that you unfollowed them unless you're me with Jason all. Yeah. So that might not have been the best. <laughs> so basically, at, by the way, I unfollowed him again. Oh, jeez! But I uh, couldn't do it anymore. But basically, uh there's sort of you, you. Someone's someone sends you a DM like, "Why did you unfollow me?" Be like, "Oh, it was an accident. Or Twitter did it, right?" Yeah. I would expect that over fifty percent of the data would be falsified because of that. Fact. Oh,
1: absolutely! You can't get like you can't get reliable data right like by by uh by sending out exit polls like that exactly
0: there you go exit
1: poll thing yeah exit surveys like, and why... also
0: like i bet at least 100 to 200 of them were bots right because bots just follow you and follow you all the time
1: i mean they they very well could be i i get that all the time i still get excited when i get followed <laughs> by a bot because i feel important yeah I know they're a bot. i'm like it's they're there they're yeah. there for me right now so i should appreciate them
0: i just blocked them bro
1: but anyway all right new patrons uh this is going back a while because i forgot to do this for for a while it's probably at least six weeks i'd say yeah uh maybe longer so dennis offerman eric lawson and daniel golet who actually sent us a message on patreon um that was very nice so thank you uh welcome welcome to the discord um don't say anything my wife is gonna get mad at and uh enjoy the food channel
0: oh bro i'm sorry to keep this painful obviously painful episode for you going even longer but you just reminded me when you said this send a message thing that yeah. somebody sent us an email
1: oh we have an email awesome so hold on how how long ago was the email from a couple weeks oh okay that's not bad
0: so yeah just to just to remind you guys that we do respond to emails. This is Rajni. Rajni says, good morning for you special discounted offer. I have not heard anything back from you from my previous, this is the wrong email, sorry. <laughs> this is uh, Eben with, hi guys, big fans of the cast. This helped me through so many weeks of lockdown and child rearing. Bro, by the way, we've gotten on many compliments on child rearing,
1: right? Yep,
0: people said that their kids love our song.
1: Uh, That's true. We, Dan that.
0: Dan Holland said that my voice puts his kid to sleep, so he plays it in the the, the bedroom. Kid's gonna have a 200 IQ, I can tell you right now. <laughs> but so here's the question: I have heard much dismay about the companions with many legacy players saying it breaks the foundational rules of magic. Okay, this is from three weeks ago.
1: Okay,
0: it reminds me of how I felt when my friends was announced. Bless you. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: Jeez. damn troffer okay i'm good so at that time i was patiently trying to work my way into modern as a budget conscious player and here goes wizards editing the very dna of the format so we got some CRISPR. i was not yet playing legacy at the time how did you guys feel about the modern horizons announcement and how would you feel about a new modern horizons set which i think is a very interesting question and why i actually decided to read this
1: are they going to put out another Modern Horizons set with basically like killing Modern from from printing Pioneer and the horrible mistakes that Modern Horizons brought to Modern and Legacy? I mean, yeah, they're probably going to do it. They're yes. definitely going to do it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that they're absolutely going to do it. I mean, they have the Double Masters set
1: oh, th- that's coming
0: out. We didn't talk about this at all, but there's a, there's a set called Double Masters, which I guess we have to count as Chronicles 9 and 10, right? Because it's double.
1: It's double. You so get we twice got, as many cards in the packs. We you don't Chronicles, just have to buy two packs ten. anymore. You just get two. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous.
0: But basically, that's happening. But that's not Modern Horizons. That's just, you know, another Master set. Yep. But I do absolutely think that we are getting another uh, Modern Horizons set probably next year.
1: When, um, when are they going to be doing Pioneer Masters?
0: Oh, that's gotta be that's gotta be at least probably 2022 right
1: okay so like a year away you think they get like all of the blood money they can out of modern before they move on to pioneer exactly yeah. and then do it again yeah,
0: yeah. I mean the cards just aren't worth enough yet the pioneer cards like,
1: okay yeah they, some no, of that them the ones that are
0: worth the most are actually going to rotate soon so they're gonna drop and then slowly build so I think that they need they need those two years really to, to okay. make it work worth their while
1: because they're, fe- they're not gonna
0: have fetch lands to put in it. but i i do absolutely think that there's going to be a modern horizons too and he's asking uh eban or Eben is asking what our thoughts on uh modern horizons were when it came out so do you want to answer that
1: well i was excited when it came out i remember seeing some of those cards and like really wanting to play with them I yeah don't like, think force of negation
0: it. specifically
1: yeah, I, I don't think anybody understood how, how crazy Ren was going to be. I think we called it the best card in the set, and we were excited yeah. to play it. It ended up being like extremely oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I was, I was really excited to play with those cards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought there were a lot of uh, interesting cards. Collector Oof, I really liked, and I still really like. Plague Engineer... I liked and I like less now, I would say, because of the one-sided nature of it.
1: Yep.
0: Uh, Force of Negation, I used to like and still really do like. Ice Icefang collatal I was excited about because I felt like Modern needed that card, not yep. Legacy. Yeah. I yeah. might actually play Modern if a deck like that existed. But it's turned out, I think, to be a huge net negative for the format.
1: Oh, I agree with that for sure.
0: And basically... Uh, my My summation to uh Evan here was in the response email was that I think that they have followed the the sort of recent trend of printing uh better and better threats in these sets right like hogan that are for that example. are
1: more and more that do more and more flexible things mm-hmm. like it's not just the power level of the threat is so high it's right. a, the threat is also an answer is also card advantage like. Right rich was talking about last week on episode 100
0: exactly bro so if they just print a modern horizon set that has 40 new cards and their specific answers that are just incrementally better than the answers we have now yep i'll be far more excited about it than if they print one with sort of uh these brain benders like hogak right
1: yeah (laughs) yep.
0: so yeah I I would much rather see like conspiracy sets that maybe have like four or five legacy playables than a modern horizon set at this point, but I think we're gonna get a modern horizon set, so
1: I I would probably agree with just more master sets forever. Yeah. Um so we're we're in that world now. And I don't know, I'm like I used to feel bad about dumping on wizards. Now I just don't anymore.
0: (laughs) I don't mean not. Bro, it's funny. I went back to read my first ever Reddit post the other day. Okay, it before 20... it got banned. Yeah, but yeah, yeah exactly, bro. My first account <laughs> that ever got banned. It was in 2014, and it was like a four paragraph post about how much I hated Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I had like 200 upvotes. But uh, yeah, it's just funny because we're like six years later, and he's still doing this thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not just him. It's no. The overall culture and design philosophies. So uh and probably corporate influence from Hasbro too. So I, I don't think we're ever gonna get a preview card and we're okay with that. Yeah. Uh so I, I retweeted Lawrence's post. And he, he did a uh, great
0: preview, actually. Like that that thread was Oh, like, it was wonderful. There was the another five one. Did, did you see there the new one
1: that? from today? A preview card? No, 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 not a preview card. A new article very similar to Lawrence's. Oh, yeah, but I meant I meant a
0: specific preview thread. Like the, Lawrence's preview thread was awesome. Oh, okay. For Query and Dryad. Oh. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he got the spoiler for M21. No. It's pretty sick. Check
1: it out.
0: Right,
1: I'll, I'll check it out later.
0: Oh, I was talking to listeners, but we might not even be recording anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. That's a wrap.